evening. Welcome to the At the End of the Day podcast. I hope you've had a good week. It almost feels like the days are melting into each other lately. Everything just feels like a blur. I don't know if it's because it's December and, you know, it's the end of the year or we're nearing the end of the year, but I don't know. It sort of feels like so many things are happening and also nothing is happening at all. But anyway, I was planning this podcast and to be honest, I feel that most hours of the day, I'm thinking about something. There's something on my mind at any given moment, usually. But when I have to sit down and actually write about what I want to talk about for this podcast, my mind just shuts down and it's just like, nope, no thoughts. My mind goes blank. But I was listening to the last episode and when I tell you my fingers curled into fists as I was listening to myself say the word like probably a hundred times, I cannot. I mean, I I did listen to the rest of the episode. I thought it was a good episode. We had a good conversation. But in the spirit of us nearing the end of the year and, you know, just thinking about the upcoming new year, why not talk about goals? It's never too early or too late to make goals. One new goal of mine is to stop saying the word like as much as I can because it's just simply unacceptable how many times, how often I say the word like. So that's one new goal of mine. The time right now is 7.34pm for me, it's drizzling outside a little bit. I used to hate the rain, but these days I kind of like it. It just feels almost as if I'm getting permission to slow down. It just feels very calming lately. But to talk about something completely different for, for now, I had a nightmare last night. And let me tell you, I have nightmares very often. I rarely dream, just a very neutral or happy dream. That's rare for me. If I ever have a dream, it's a nightmare. And last night, I had uh, multiple nightmares, and I wanted to talk about it because why not? (laughs) I don't know if anyone can relate to this. Sometimes I feel like a monster because of the fact that I can't seem to have happy dreams like normal people. I feel very, very sad. And another thing about my nightmares is that usually there's death. Um, If you're thinking you should probably go to therapy, you're right. I should go to therapy. I, I should go back to therapy, I mean. Because I really, I really, really want someone to tell me why I have nightmares about death. But last night, for example, obviously the details are hazy at this point. But basically, I was hiding from people. And I had to hide in a freezer I don't know why, but those are my circumstances, and I passed away in a freezer. It's just kind of ridiculous why I dream about these things. I've never been in a freezer before. Well, I have been in a walk-in freezer, but I don't know how my brain just thinks of these things. One other way that I pass away is that someone stuck a needle in me. I don't know what they injected me with. And here's another thing, is that I can't lucid dream. When I'm dreaming, I cannot tell that it is a dream. And so I wake up from these nightmares, sweating, you know, breathing very heavily, just in panic mode, and it's a mess. And then another thing is that, I don't know if this is even possible, but it almost feels like I can feel pain when I'm dreaming. But that's what makes it even more difficult, is that I don't just feel that I'm being mentally tortured in these nightmares, I also feel like I'm physically suffering. And it's just, it's, all around 
not a pleasant experience. And I think the reason why I had these nightmares was because I was cold last night, which might seem silly, but if I'm cold, it's like 100%. It's almost guaranteed that I'm going to have a nightmare. So I need to bring out some thicker blankets or buy thicker pajamas. I don't know. Can't be cold anymore because these nightmares really take a toll. I feel like every time I have a nightmare, I have 10 years taken off of me. And I just want to talk to people who can relate to this this struggle with having nightmares frequently and very vivid nightmares on top of that. Another thing that I think factors into me having a nightmare is usually when I'm stressed, I'll have nightmares. So if I'm stressed before I fall asleep and then I sleep cold, then I'll have a nightmare. So at least I know what kind of triggers these nightmares. But moving on, going back to the whole new goal of mine thing, definitely want to stop saying the word like as much. What else do I say a lot? You know what, why not do a whole full-on analysis of how I talk and my speech patterns? I definitely say the word like often, I say um a lot, I talk really slowly usually, and because I'm aware of these things, I feel that it makes it difficult for me to socialize. I would say that I'm socially awkward. I also think that I have social anxiety. And talking, I just think, is not my thing, which was actually a huge motivator for me to do this podcast because it almost feels like exposure therapy. And with every episode that I release, it's almost as if I'm letting go of my fears, you know? I'm kind of forcing myself to talk and form full sentences (laughs) and try to be coherent. So... This is great. It's great training, great practice. I don't know if I'm getting any better. We'll see. But my social awkwardness slash social anxiety definitely, definitely affects the way I act in front of strangers or just anyone I'm not super, super close with. I've been told too many times that I come off as cold and closed off. A lot of my closest friends, their first impressions of me were that they're intimidated by me. I don't think I'm intimidating at all. I think I'm just a nervous wreck, but I guess that's how it comes across. I I don't know how that transfers, but speaking of intimidating, it's really interesting that some people consider being intimidating a strength. I didn't know that. As someone who's told all the time that I come off as intimidating, the last thing I want to be is intimidating. Like, I want to be, I want to come off as more friendly and open and welcoming. Like, when talking about my whole insecurity of of coming off as intimidating and giving off the wrong impression, I've had someone ask me, well, don't you enjoy it? And I was like, no. Why would you enjoy that? To come off as unapproachable, I feel like is the last thing I want to be. But then I've also heard the perspective that if you come off as intimidating, it's less likely that people will walk all over you, which I can see that point too, I guess. But still, I don't know if being intimidating is a good thing. Anyways, I also have a really bad RBF, and I'm- oh, another thing, I struggle so much with eye contact. I don't know if I was just- if I've always been this way, or something made me this way, but eye contact cannot do it. Unless I'm actively- you know, consciously thinking, oh, I need to make eye contact with this person. Unless I'm reminding myself 
while conversing with someone, I will forget. And I will look at my shoes, I'll look at my hands, I'll look at the ceiling, I'll look side to side. That's just, my my eyes are just all over the place. And part of it is because when I'm thinking, I'm just looking all over the room, but also I just feel more comfortable <laughs> not making eye contact. But I know that in some cultures, including the American culture, it's considered, you know, common courtesy, just basic respect, make eye contact with the person you're conversing with. So I I try to be a big girl and make eye contact, but it's hard. And I'm sure there, again, that's something that there are people out there that can relate to that. But so far, I feel that I'm surrounded by people who are very, who are just socially adept and smooth talkers and just don't sweat social situations or big groups. But me, me personally, there is so much pre-event mental training and post-event self-reflection and I guess self-care that I do anytime I go to a social event. And because humans are naturally social creatures, I can't avoid, I can't just not see people, you know? And the thing is, I want to see people. I want to meet new people. I want to, I want to connect with people. I want to be part of my community. But when you have social anxiety, and you're an introvert, and you can't make eye contact very well, and you struggle with basic conversational skills, (laughs) and you're now an adult, and you have an RBF. I mean, what can you do? You just have to keep working on it, right? Which is another reason why I bring out this podcast mic and talk to myself for an hour every week. It's, It's good. If you're going through anything that I just listed, highly recommend starting a podcast. Great exposure therapy. Actually, I'm not completely sure if it's great, but I'm going to tell myself that it's great exposure therapy and that I am growing through this. Yeah. Anyways, I've been thinking a lot about this whole social anxiety thing and social awkwardness thing. And I think one of the main reasons why I struggle with pushing myself to meet new people and be more social is because of past experiences of being told that I seem like a robot or I seem indifferent or I seem emotionless. I kind of grew up hearing those things to the point where I used to question, like, is there something genuinely wrong with me? Because... I myself didn't think that I was being emotionless or robotic or indifferent, but because people would say those things, and I don't want to name names because a lot of these people, I'm sure they didn't mean to be offensive or anything, but it would hurt at the time because even when I was super happy, it almost felt like I wasn't being happy enough for other people. Or if I was excited, it didn't seem that I was being excited enough, you know? Feeling whatever way I felt was not enough. I had to express it and almost perform that for other people, to satisfy other people, to make sure that I wasn't making them feel uncomfortable with how quote-unquote cold or emotionless or robotic I was being. Like, I had one friend in high school who would call me antisocial. We're not friends anymore. We didn't have, like, a huge falling out or anything, but we just slowly grew apart. And I think one of the reasons is because I just felt misunderstood. And there probably are ways that I could have communicated how I felt to this person, but 
I guess I just didn't feel comfortable enough doing it, so I just slowly distanced myself. But I think any type of relationship that you have, if you feel like you're being consistently misunderstood, and I just think over the years, what's happened is that I've made myself be more expressive and smile more. And when I'm with other people, you know, have more inflections in my in my tone and not be so monotone and, you know, raise my pitch a little higher at times and then go lower at times. Like it's Everything is very calculated, which is an insecurity of mine because, like I previously said, there are people who seem to just naturally be able to do all of that. So I guess... It boils down to me not necessarily feeling uncomfortable socializing. I feel uncomfortable socializing in my true, genuine form and then being told, oh, that's not enough, or oh, how you're acting seems antisocial, or etc. So then over time, I slowly avoid social situations because I can always perform. You can even say that's part of growing up is you have to adapt to different situations and be able to converse with different people. And I don't know, maybe this is just a phase. <laughs> maybe in a few years, I'll look back at this and think, oh, I was just being dramatic. Or maybe COVID affected me in a way that I am not even aware of right now. Because we all know quarantine affected us in one way or another. But anyways, all of this to say, that's why I feel so grateful when I do meet someone who doesn't make me feel alienated for just being chill and not super super expressive or super super bubbly like oh my gosh I something that sort of triggers me is when someone asks are you okay when I'm doing completely fine and let me explain the sentiment of checking in with someone like oh are you okay that there's no problem with that but when it's a situation where you're aware that you're doing good. If anything, you're doing great. And you're vibing. You're talking with people. You're just having a jolly good time. And then and then your friend asks, are you okay? It's almost like cognitive dissonance. Like you start questioning, am I okay? Why is this person asking if I'm okay? Do I not seem okay? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But that has happened one too many times. Which is another reason why, again, I feel like I have to overperform and overact and overexaggerate everything I feel and how I talk just to make sure that other people are comfortable. And so I am infinitely grateful when someone seems to just get it, you know, just seems to understand that even if I'm being quiet or not talking a lot or not being super, super expressive, they just, they don't take it personally or they don't say that I'm being antisocial or tell me to cheer up or smile more, you know, like it doesn't affect them negatively. And I've definitely met people like that. I have people like that in my life. So I think I should just focus on those people and feel grateful for the people who understand me and accept me the way I am. I think this really just boils down to self-acceptance, you know? I think I not only struggle with feeling unaccepted by others, I also struggle with feeling unaccepted by myself. Because honestly, if I had a stronger belief or sense of self-validation, I probably wouldn't be as affected by people telling me things like, oh, you seem antisocial or you seem too chill because I would be self-assured. If I have no doubt that the way I'm feeling and acting is fine how it is, I wouldn't feel the need to worry about other people's perceptions or feel caught up in 
other people's judgments. So, conclusion. That's the conclusion. End of story. Self acceptance is really important. Definitely need to work on that. But also, not trying to contradict myself in any way, but I think this this tension and this struggle with finding self acceptance and not even knowing what things that I want to accept about myself, having a still developing sense of identity, I think everyone goes through it. I feel like I'm in a very transitory phase of my life where I still have to figure out some things, you know? Even if I want to accept myself, even if I want to be genuine or quote unquote authentic, whatever that means, I don't even know what that entails for myself. So it's only normal that I'm struggling. It, am I expanding a little too much? Maybe this is, maybe this is becoming a little too broad. The conclusion is a little too abstract because I started with social anxiety and now I'm talking about sense of identity. But it all connects. Everything is connected. But on that note, I'm definitely afraid of that I'm getting closer and closer to 25 because that's apparently when your frontal lobe is fully developed. Because let me say, my frontal lobe, if it is nearly done developing, my disappointment is immeasurable. There's no way, there's no way that my frontal lobe is a few years from being completely developed. With, with my lack of judgment skills, my inability to form com complete sentences, my forgetfulness, my everything, everything. There's no way, with everything considered, there is no way my frontal lobe is almost developed. It can't be. I'm in denial. No, there's no way. Okay, my favorite section, music, books, and film. <laughs> I only have one thing to talk about this time, and it's about B.I. I don't think I've mentioned him on previous episodes, which is kind of a shocker, given that so much of my life is affected by B.I.'s music. But B.I. released his album, Love or Loved, Part 1, November 18th. It had his pre-release single, BTBT, on it. But also his new title track, Keep Me Up, and Middle With You, and Tangerine, and Endless Summer. And Tangerine, that song. I mean, everything he releases, I just absorb and say thank you. But Tangerine changed my whole life not to be dramatic. It's in my drive playlist, morning playlist, evening playlist. It's on all my playlists. Go listen to Tangerine. Or not. But yeah, Spotify wrapped happened recently, and of course, as always, I was disappointed by my top artists and top songs and everything. I just feel that it's inaccurate. But what I can't accept is my top artist was Kehlani. That is true. Kehlani, I think I was in uh, her top 0.005% of listeners. Very proud of that. Blue Water Road changed my life. No skips album. Every single song is a story. And Kehlani is a storyteller. Speaking of Kehlani, Blue Water Road also has a song called Tangerine on that album. And B.I. has a song called Tangerine. Everything... Everything connects. We're living in a simulation. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know why that's the connection that my brain made, but anyways, that's the end of this episode.
pretty mellow episode, I'd say. I think this is the most honest, or I've, or every episode I'm honest, but this is, this episode, I kind of, I think I dive deep a little more into my personal, very specific personal struggles, but thank you for listening and spending time with me, as always, at the end of your day, and I'll talk to you again on episode five.